Previously on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. I wish Mike Brown would have hired Urban Meyer last year when he moved away to be his uh, football Sven Galley. Let him go build it because he can build programs. I mean, you know, and Urban's smart enough. And here's the other thing about Urban. I hated that. Digress or digress? digress? I hate to digress back. You're, you can digress. You're not regress. Okay. Talk about urban. All right. I, 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 hate, I hate to digress going back to this, but he he can build things. I yeah. mean, he builds leadership programs. He yes, he can things. build I mean, things. Will he get a chance to build it in Dallas? Will he get a chance to uh, build it in uh, Cincinnati? Where will he get a chance to build? Will he get a chance to build? I don't know. Uh, not according to Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones says no to urban. Did you read what the, the criteria is? Inform uh, me. NFL me. head coach uh, with NFL head coaching experience. That's what Jimmy Haslam says, too. Yeah. Well, they, they want guys with experience. And so I'm not sure. Now, that might be Could a Urban room. say uh, Nick Urban Bosa, might... Joey Bosa, yeah. Ezekiel Elliott, and say that's my, that's that's, my NFL well, experience? <laughs> I mean, that's developing of players. But uh, I, I think that uh, Urban would be actually a the more I think about it, a really good fit in Dallas. I really do. Mm. You don't. I I think Urban would be if a great he surround himself with. I don't. I don't know why anybody NFL wouldn't, guys wouldn't want him uh, where where they are. I mean, the guys. Well, I got to give I you a reason in, why too, right? Okay. Because of that open. Because he understands leadership and guys respond to him, and he tends to get the best out of the players that he coaches. That's mm-hmm. been his track record. So. But I do think that, as Jimmy said and Jerry Jones said, the, the report is that nobody's going to be the coach of the Cowboys or the Browns unless they have NFL head coaching experience. And, of course, Urban does not have that. He does not. Not yet. But things change. Jimmy Haslam's always a prisoner to the last person that he talks to. So we'll see how that one goes. Uh, you are not. Uh, you are very predictable, sir. I thought today you'd be outfitted in Vikings gear. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm all in. And I thought it'd just be the hat, but it's the hat and the shirt. And yes, shooter. Skull yes. Vikings. Your Vikings won yesterday. Congratulations to your brother Rick Spielman and the six-seeded Vikings winning in New Orleans. I'll be honest. I sat down to watch a game with a friend yesterday, and I said, Vikings are going to get crushed. I had no confidence in Kirk Cousins. I had no confidence in your Vikings. But in overtime, you get the W. Well, here's how uh, I actually was talking to Rick on the way over here okay. today. Happy? Is uh, Rick Spielman happy? No, they're really like, Tunnel I go, down. where's Zim right now? He's watching San Francisco. Of course, they got to play the 49ers. On Saturday. Saturday. Short and what, what are you doing? And he's writing up a report of, of the game and grading players. And he gives each guy a grade every single game, even into the playoffs. But they had some guys step up. But Zimmer was kind of... Uh, uncharacteri- uncharacteristically confident mm. during the week. He oh, was the one, the yeah, during the week leading up to the mm-hmm. to the uh, Saints game. And that's a, just a guy that's not cocky, but confidence in what kind of game plan he can put together on the defensive side. And it was masterful, to be honest with you. Now it takes uh, another group to execute the yes, game plan, and that was the best defensive game that I've watched the Vikings play this year. And I've watched most of their games and the thing uh that i thought they did really well against the saints was eliminate any yards after catch and if you see michael thomas catch a little out route michael thomas is really good strong run after catch guy anthony barr 
who I thought mm-hmm. played a whale of a game, and nobody will say that because they don't notice it, but he was right on him right away. Yes, he was. Even, That's a linebacker on one of the yeah. NFL's best wide receivers. Then Daniil Hunter and uh, Everson Griffin and Troy said, uh, Aikman said that, well, they're lined up over the guards. They haven't done that all year. Well, they, they did it. If they watched the games that I did, I certainly would not miss something that obvious mm-hmm. when you put a defensive end over a guard, and the reason is because guards are your worst pass blockers mm-hmm. usually. And you try to get that matchup, and it paid off. Forced to fumble. And well, and and you know, I really felt Bruce that the Vikings were going to win the game. Not, I wasn't sure, but I had this strange feeling. Usually, I'm very pessimistic, but I was optimistic in the first series after Thielen fumbles the ball, mm-hmm. and the Vikings hold them to a, a field, field goal. Right That's then huge. and there, I knew, okay, we're, we're going to have a. Didn't we're gonna, they go down and score right away? They answered right away. Yeah, they, they answered with the field goal, yeah. right? Yeah, they answered with a field yeah. goal. Yeah. And so right then and there, I knew that we were in for, for a great game. And one thing that I, when I did the Vikings opener against the Atlanta Falcons, when I was banned from talking to the Atlanta Falcons for some stupid reason. Well, because your brother is uh, yeah, yeah. general well, yeah. manager, president of, course. of the Minnesota Vikings. And I'm going to risk his reputation and my yeah. job by you're, saying, hey, you're a spy, you huh? might want to watch out for Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. They might look for him watch down the field. <laughs> You're a I mean, spy. Yeah, I'm yeah. a spy. I mean, which you know, is it's so obvious insane. that you're a spy that they thought maybe Dan Quinn wouldn't think you were a yeah, spy. Yeah, which is it, it still it boggles my mind. Did I tell you I had a conversation with him about that? No, I'm yeah. sure you did, yes. Did I? We, we, we talked about was that. Was it a pleasant conversation? No, let the people no, in on that. No, tell it was, I, I, he had a conversation. He said, you, you can understand that's your brother. And I, I said... He goes, I know how I'd be with my brother. I said, first of all, don't assume how I am with my brother. And second of all, you know, uh, he goes, Chris, you're taking this personal. I said, and it's business. And I said, my business is personal. Yeah. And you're you're questioning my integrity. So we, I just uh, I did another Falcons game, and I respected his wishes. And it wasn't against the Vikings. I just, I'm not talking to those guys. And that, that's fine. And if that's how they want to do it, I'll respect that. And uh, hopefully they'll respect my or wishes of not wanting to talk to them. By the way, if I can't do a game off of my own preparation with all the tools at my disposal, like game film and all that stuff, coaches film, then I don't deserve the job that I have. But anyway, I just think uh, um, from from that game yesterday, Kirk Cousins got a monkey off of his back. Sure did. I, I think uh, the throw to Thielen was, and Troy was exactly right on that. That That's the best, best throw of his, his career, life. he said. It was, and the most important throw yeah. of his career. And the Wonder Rudolph was pretty darn good, it too. Was. So. Okay, was that pass interference on Kyle Rudolph or not? No, because I think both guys are hand-fighting. And if you watch that game, and uh, actually I say this in the broadcast quite a bit, that it's the player's job. And you know that each team has an official's scouting report. Mm-hmm. You understand that, yes, right? Yes, of course. And so they go over the scouting report. So they report. have a scouting report on the officials. This guy calls this, this guy calls yeah. Watch for the, you know, this yeah. guy's... Those officials have I think tendencies too. I, I think it's awesome, right? I wish I wish we would have had that. We mm-hmm. didn't really have that a lot. But usually, uh, you know, early in the game, and you could tell this because I I said it early to myself when I'm watching this game because I'm always doing my job. I can't stop watching the game without analyzing every single play, and it's actually mind numbing, and I hate it. But I would say, oh, these officials are letting these guys. Mm-hmm have contact and do a little bit of battle, right? Because the one earlier to Kyle Rudolph in the early part of the game where that guy kind of hooked him yes. a little bit, yep. 
You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and then they said, well, but he didn't turn him or he didn't, you know, yeah. they didn't have a problem with the hand being there. Yeah, so I know that, okay, they're letting these guys play a little bit. So as soon as I saw that, and I don't know if he extended his hand, I don't know if he actually pushed. And Al Riveron was quoted as saying, both those guys were hand fighting and mm -hmm. it wasn't clear and obvious to overturn it. So, hey, you, you tough for the Saints. I mean, they lose, what, three games in a row in the last play of the game? Three playoff games in a row on the last play. Last year, it was the uh, Legatron walk-off field goal. Yes. And the year before, the Minneapolis Miracle. Yeah. <laughs> to Stephon Diggs. Wow, that's a tough one. And then they've had some other weird ones. I retweeted the video just to torment our friend Matt McCoy. Yeah. He's a big Saints fan. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why Matt's a Saints fan. That is fan. tormenting him. It is. Sorry, Matt. Uh, that's the way it goes. Uh, Kyle, uh, Kirk Cousins was 6 for 30 against winning teams mm. in his career, plus 500 teams. And 0 for 9 on Monday Night Football. So, obviously, it was not Monday Night Football. But um, he doesn't, the theory is, play well in primetime. Like Bengal fans will say, oh, that's Andy Dalton's numbers. No, those are Kirk Cousins' numbers. Well, the thing with, with Kirk is, in the offensive line, probably had one of its better overall games for the Vikings, who, which their offensive line is very inconsistent, in my opinion. But if you give him time, like any NFL Anybody quarterback, could, yeah. If you give them time, they're going to make good throws. And I thought the offensive line probably played its best overall run game, pass game, and certainly getting Dalvin Cook going in the first half. We had 86 yards rushing in the first half. helped the Vikings. So it was, uh, it was, uh, it was an, it's, it's excruciating watching games, watching like the Vikings. watching your kids yeah, play. It's just excruciating. Because you want it for your brother. You and I hate every player on the Vikings, and I love every one yeah. of them. It's, it's a range I'm, of emotions, Bruce. entertaining for me to watch a Vikings game because as something happens, I picture you in your <laughs> living room. How is Spiels processing that? I did something that uh, I thought I would never do. Can you yesterday. watch it around your family, or do they no. leave? I was in my weight room on the treadmill for three hours and 27 minutes, oh. and I walked at a speed of 3.0 for three hours and 27 minutes. I need to put a recorder in the room when the Vikings play. Just, no, that would be highly entertaining. There's just burst of yelling. Yes, I like, know. That's why I'd be highly entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> just a lot of calm, quiet. <laughs> then all of a sudden there's, there's a... An outburst. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, two cuss words yesterday. <laughs> Since we are, yourself, we, how much does that cost? <laughs> we, are, we are a program of accountability. Yes, there we were are. two cuss words yesterday. <laughs> I can't remember the plays, but uh, uh, they were. That's pretty good, actually. Just two. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> With football, yeah, I tend to be a little more liberal in my speech, yes. shall we say. Yes, you get in football mode. Uh, well, we've got a lot here. Let's start with Sean Wade coming back to Ohio State. Big uh, get for the Buckeyes. I said this is our first win of 2020. Slot corner Sean Wade ejected from the Fiesta Bowl. He's coming back. Uh, as I said, it's a win for the Buckeyes. I, he's taking a big chance, in my opinion. Um, Here, here's why I say that. He's already a one or a two. So yeah. he's not Joe Burrow. He can't make himself from a four or fourth-round pick or so into no. a first-round pick. So here's why I always say about players when they decide to come back to college for their next season. What was his reason for coming back? Uh, he's, the only reason I've gotten from him is he said he talked to the people closest to him and they felt like that was the right decision. So I don't know what they told him. Uh, I presume, you know, all the normal things. I want to win a national championship. I don't want to go out being ejected mm -hmm. for targeting. I want to prove I can play outside as opposed to playing in the slot. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, but my point is he's a one or a two. And there are advantages to being a two over a one. You get to your rookie, you get through your rookie contract sooner without the team having an option for a fifth year. That's true. Uh, 
you can sometimes go to a better team. Not necessarily. I mean, you might go to a bad team early in the second round. And I'm not saying it's always better to be a two than a one, but there can be advantages to that. And he might have been a late one. Uh, the other thing is you automatically shorten your NFL career by one year. You just do. You come back and play another college year, you have you have so much lifespan as a football player. Especially at that position. Yeah. So you are shortening your NFL career by a year, and typically your last year can be your highest salaried year. Uh, you could get injured, obviously, in college. He's breaking in, or he's being broken in by, a new position coach this coming year. Yeah. Uh, which is it's a factor. I mean, he's got to learn, I would think, some new techniques or whatever. Uh, so there are just risks there, and there's no guarantee you get to the playoff. They play their second game of the year at Oregon. And uh, if Ohio State's going to be beaten, I think that's their best chance of losing a game next season is at Oregon early in the season, maybe at Penn State later on in the season. So there are risks for Sean Wade. And I thought he, for if I were counseling him apart from, let's take the Ohio State Buckeye part out of it and what it would mean for the team, I would just say, well, you're a one or a two, you got to go. Uh, well, that's usually my advice if you're a one or two. Uh, I think the thing that stood out to me is that he wants to learn how to play outside or play outside more, or I shall I say, prove, prove that he yeah. can play outside. Uh, the only other thing too, he if he plays like he's capable of playing, he'll he's a definite one. You know, he might be by the end of it next year, he might be a top ten pick. I, I mean, think he was a one anyway. But I'm not yeah. sure about that. The I, other part of it is he doesn't have Jeff Akuda on the other side of him next year. We don't know how good Cam Brown's going to be or anybody else. They'll have somebody step up. But they could they could get into a situation where people say, well, why fool with Sean Wade over there? I'm going to go the other way. And he may not get any balls thrown to uh, him. And that's fine because NFL scouts look at that. Mm-hmm. And it's not thrown his way because he's covering everybody. Well, so he might just be better than the other guy. I well, mean, he, well I, I guess my point is the only – I, I would tell him to go at one or two if he were to ask me, uh, but I understand why he's staying. And if he is a, a one this year, the, the only thing you lose also, too, is the you know the present-day value of money, too, getting the money now as opposed to a year from now and let that money work for you look now you. as opposed look to a year you. from now. So I, you know, over it's here, good for economist. Ohio State. It's good for Ohio it's State. It's great for Ohio State. And uh, I'm happy for him. And here's that he has a I, – I, I, I'm glad he's not – Making its decision based on well, what if I get hurt? And uh, I, I like to see guys that do that. So yeah. So congrats to him. Uh, Buckeye basketball team. Who who Friday night bad bad lost to Wisconsin. Although I will say this, playing there are various forms of torture, and this is not the worst form, but uh, it is torturous watching any basketball team play West Virginia and Wisconsin back to back. West Virginia and Wisconsin just play a. Ugly, dirty, knife fight kind of basketball. Yeah. So, But tomorrow night, they play at Maryland, and I watch Maryland Saturday uh, destroy Indiana, which would normally put me in a very sunny disposition. <laughs> but, but How's knowing, Indiana doing this but year? But knowing that Ohio State, well, they were 11-2 and two before they get beat by 20-plus Saturday, uh, knowing that Ohio State has to play Maryland tomorrow night does not make me feel good because Maryland is long and athletic and nasty and, you know, Ohio State's playing terrible right now. Um, I am going to defer to okay, you. Okay, you didn't watch it. it. No, You're I'm, not in basketball I'm mode. Not in, I'm not in basketball mode yet. Well, I, I, get in I'm, basketball I, I, Well, I understand. Basketball I mean, team was ranked, uh, what, fifth. Yeah. We were two. Did, they, did we lose to West Virginia, too? Yes. Huggy Bear. Huggy Bear. It's the biggest <laughs> win of his career in terms of personal satisfaction, I'm sure. <laughs> 
Probably went home and threw I'm, darts I'll, at an Andy I'll, Geiger uh, picture after that. I'll one. start getting into it now. Okay. I guess. Yeah, we're struggling now. We're back to old Buckeye habits where Caleb Wesson's not on the floor. We can't score. Is he getting foul trouble again, or what's going He's on? He's been in moderate foul trouble, All and right. you know we got turnover issues, and DJ Carton's hitting the wall, and he'll be fine, the point guard. But in my opinion, they got too many people playing, and um, they need to turn the team over to DJ Carton. That's what I would say. All right, but I'm not sec. Can I say that without being a second guesser yeah, of the coach? I love Chris Holtman's coaching. I just think he. Uh, I think they got a problem in that all their guards are kind of the same, and they need at some point. You know, you said this. Remember the urban story where he had Carlos Hyde and he had Jordan Hall, yeah, and he hated to not play Jordan Hall, yeah, right. And you said to him, "What best players got to play?" Yeah, it's no, there's no doubt that's this. This isn't everybody gets to play an equal amount of time. It doesn't matter. How great of a kid a guy is, or how hard he works. But the because best your, players have to play. Your ultimate responsibility as a coach is to your team and to win games, not to a player. And give your team the best chance right. to win the game. And your your loyalty is to the team, not to players. As I assess it from the outside, and I don't see nearly everything Chris Holtman sees. I think he feels like it would be hard to put C.J. Walker behind D.J. Carton because C.J. Walker's put in his time as a transfer and he's a junior and he gives you some of those experience things and all that. But clearly anyone who has watched can tell you that DJ Carton has the potential and the ability to do things that CJ Walker cannot do. Mm -hmm. So give the ball, in my opinion, to DJ Carton and roll with him. That's the thing with basketball. I mean, there's so many games and it's so yeah. long that they'll figure it out. And you, you, I guess you want to be peaking by the big 10 tournament. Then hopefully you're peaking Correct. by the NCAA tournament. And so, Having guys with experience, maybe that's what he's still doing. I don't know, but we'll see as it plays out. What do you have there for the uh, Patriots? Uh, let me say one other thing about right. Carton. It is it is hard to give him the controls right now because he plays awful against West Virginia and against Wisconsin. He was mi they were minus seventeen with him on the floor Friday night. Is that what is that? That means that Wisconsin scored seventeen more points oh, than okay. Ohio State whenever he was on the floor. Okay, well, which we can't have that. No, we cannot. Right. All right, New England Patriots. Is this the end of the Patriots dynasty? They're an old uh, team. Yes. Tom Brady's old. You're, many yes. times, dirt's Without been hesitation. thrown on the grave, and many times they've come out of the grave. Yeah. This is it. It's 43, right? Okay, so it's, are 42 you saying, or 43? Are, here's or? what. Are you saying he's done as a Patriot, but, he'll play, but, he, but he has potential to play somewhere else? You'd be fine like the, the popular team is the L.A. Chargers Ugh. because they have weapons, so they trade – uh, they trade Philip Rivers. You're, trading, you're, you're giving Philip Rivers for Tom Brady. Walking papers for Here's Tom Brady. Going to upgrade. I think there was a poll I voted on Twitter poll, just whatever stupid little thing. And yeah. who who will who will Tom Brady be the quarterback? I think they're going to give it one more run in New England. With in New England with okay. Tom Brady, uh, I would. Well, they don't have an option. They don't have a Garoppolo or even a Ryan Mallett. They get Brian Hoyer's their backup. Yeah. Right? Well, they'd have to go get somebody. And, yeah. And where the where they're drafting? Well, and we all know, right? There's there's not Andy a lot of Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. That, there to you the go. Patriots. That's not bad. The Red Rifle. The guy who needs everything right around him is going to go work with the dreck the Patriots put around Tom Brady. What? Andy took the Bengals to the playoffs quite a few Wait times. Wait a minute. AJ Green and Cedric Benson yeah, but, and yeah. Giovanni Bernard and Muhammad Sanu. Yeah. Those guys had a little bit of something to do sure, with taking but the Bengals. But playoff. you can't automatically say those guys carried the quarterback. 
Who would you yeah, rather yeah, have? I, yeah, I can say that. No, yeah, I, I disagree can. with you. I, I I thought Andy Dalton had some really good years in Cincinnati. And Did, I think was he's he dri- a, Was he driving is, the car is, is he, or was is, he riding? Is he better than Gardner Minshew? Is Andy Dalton... Uh, no? You'd rather have Gardner I Minshew? I, I'd have to ponder that. Is he better than Ryan Fitzpatrick? I'd have to ponder that. Okay. Is he better than Phillip Rivers right now? Right now. Right now. Not I'm, I'm, not I'm, looking I'm, over I'm, a career. I'm saying right now. Yes. Okay. Is he better than Baker Mayfield right now? He throws fewer interceptions, so yes. <laughs> so he does. I can't mean, give the ball to the other team. I can keep going down the list, but is he I, better than uh, Jacoby Brissett with I, the Colts right now? I'm not arguing Andy Dalton has no a starter. utility as an NFL quarterback. I'm saying if the New England Patriots want to retool, and I assume Belichick is not into a five-year retooling plan, well, I'm not sure... I'm not sure that Andy Dalton is the answer to keep them at the level they are, where they continue okay, to win well, the AFC we'll See what East. his numbers are comparable to Tom Brady's numbers. I don't know. Let me give you Tom Brady's numbers. They're on, off the charts. 18 years as a starter, 17 division titles. It's amazing. 13 AFC championship games, nine Super Bowls, six wins. Arguably four, the greatest of all time. Not arguably. Four-time Super Bowl MVP, not arguably with me. Three-time NFL MVP, Tom Brady. Yeah. what I mean, but it has to end. What it'll, would you uh, tell him to do? Would you say, Tom? I give know him you, one more shot. I know you You would? Yes. See, I would just say, look, man, don't be Johnny Unitas in a Charger uniform. Don't be Namath as a Ram. Don't be Montana as a Chief. You know how hard Either it is. Either go back to New England or say that's it. You know how hard it is for a great competitor like Tom Brady to shut it down? No, I don't. It's, it's, I can't possibly um, know that. I can't possibly know how you – it was easy. Let's. I would think it would be easier for you injury. because medically right. you didn't want to be paralyzed. I mean, I had that, that heart-wrenching story of Maddie asking you, Dad, are we going to be able to swim if yeah. you're in a wheelchair? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that makes your decision a little bit easier. Yes, of course it does. That's why I'm saying uh, I don't know – I think God was protecting me and having me go out because I would have been one of those guys. I would have really They'd like, had to kick I you would out. have started out. I would have I would have been released. I would have tried to go play in Canada. I would have tried to go yeah. play in some Europe or Japanese professional league or Australian football or something. You'd have been wrestling a I, bear at the county I, fair. Yeah, I, I would be. I'd I'd be You ever see that movie The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke? Yeah. Did you see that movie? So yes. I'd be that guy. Like, I'd be going to the fairgrounds. Of course. Doing strongman routines. Yes. Uh, so for Tom Brady, I think he has football left in him. Uh, and if I'm the Patriots, I I do think now maybe I need to get a few more players around him as opposed to him always elevating everybody else. Maybe we can do something via free agency or we'll see. But I think uh, to say that Tom Brady, the end is near, that's obvious. And I, I I actually heard a couple things via conversation with just rumors, you know. I think you know it's getting time when it's difficult. This is speculation. Mm-hmm. When it's difficult to constantly be on. And that guy's been constantly, mentally, mm-hmm. he's constantly been on for 18 years. Yeah. And, yeah, is the greatest of, of all time. Obviously, the record speaks for itself. Look at the guys Montana had around him. And then look at the guys, because Montana would be the 
you know, the comparable, yeah. the number of Super Bowls, four wins. Brady has five. Um, six, rather. Um, but Montana had, like, all-timers around him. Jerry How many Super Bowls? Yeah. All, I mean, Jonathan. Roger Craig and Tom Rathman, and yeah. he had big-time Great players. defenses, just like, yeah. you know, New England's had great defenses, too, and... What what uh how many Super Bowls did he lose? Uh he lost uh three. He's six the six and three in Super Bowls. That's... And I mean he took it took the David <laughs> Terrell insane. catch and yeah. it took the Mario Manningham catch to beat him twice. It's like Eli, right? Yeah. The cool thing about Eli was his best at the biggest stage. Five hundred quarterback. One seventeen and one seventeen. <laughs> Two and zero and two and zero. Thank you. And yeah. two MVPs. Yeah, you throw one seventeen and one seventeen, and then you go and two and zero. Hey, there's I, I guess this. There's not a, there's not a bad decision that Tom Brady can make. I, I I don't think he. I agree. You don't want to be that guy that embarrasses. That's embarrassing. You don't want to, as uh, I copied a line from Bill Lambeer from the mm. Detroit Pistons, and when I was leaving, I don't want to become that guy that I despise. And I don't, I don't want to. I don't think Tom Brady wants to become that guy that he despises. So if his heart is into it and he's mentally into it, uh, he'll come back. And I think he should come back with the Patriots. I agree with you. I don't want to see Tom Brady playing for the Chargers I or mean, the come, Raiders in Las Vegas. No, or... no, that, that 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 seems like a sideshow, oh, yeah, doesn't it, does. it? Yes, it does. So like uh, he's trying to prove something, and he has nothing to prove. He has nothing to prove, and. It's just hard. But here's the other thing about Tom Brady, and, and this is advice for all of us. Whenever you're making big decisions, I've talked to you about this before, and one lesson I learned, never make emotional decisions because they're not going to go well. You have to make logical, educational decisions, and I think Tom will do that. And he's got everything he needs financially. Uh, does he want to keep doing this? I think he's earned the right to have one more year to see if he can still do it. I wonder if it'd be helpful for him to go ask Namath and ask Jerry Rice and ask some of these greats who went and played somewhere else. You know, if you're going back, you wish you could do it differently because they'll have a perspective he can't have. Yeah, it's just, you know, those guys that you're talking about are such fierce competitors, yeah. right? Well, and OJ with the Niners. That was sad, too. I mean, aside from all the other OJ stuff under the bridge. I mean, the, uh, what about uh, Tony Dorsett with the Broncos? Is that correct? That. I forgot. Is that right? Is it? That, it's the Broncos. Right. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I'm I'm trying to think of any other, any other of those. Uh, Adrian Peterson with the with Adrian the Peterson Redskins. had another yeah. thousand yards Did this he really? year. Yes, oh. he's a beast. He defies all the odds. That's it's just amazing what these guys are able to to do. Well, I mean, Brady's exit makes Josh McDaniels available for interviews. So. Are we heading toward an end? It, look, it feels to me like the Browns just, Jimmy Haslam just has to, Josh McDaniels just is the relationship he can't fathom his life being completed without. I just think it's, look, McCarthy was in the building and he checked every box for me and, you know, they've interviewed Eric Bieniemy, so they've satisfied the Rooney rule. Uh, Robert Sala. The well, I don't 49ers. think they. I'm not saying the Bieniemy only got that. I'm just right. saying that that does check a box. Greg Roman, the uh, OC of the Ravens. Uh, Robert Sala, defensive coordinator, 49ers. Big, high-energy guys. Done a nice job there. They've interviewed all those people. Now they're going to interview McDaniel. It's amazing when you talk about Kyle Shanahan or Robert Sala. You know, I was voice of the 49ers in 2018. Yes, you were. Did, what, three or four games. 
when I was out there and I was doing a lot of radio shows out of San Francisco, all the fans wanted those guys fired. Get rid of Lynch. He doesn't know what he's doing. Shanahan's terrible. They Robert were a year Sala away can't stop. Being the stop. One and I sat there and I kept telling him, you, you don't understand how good this team can be because I was watching how they were being built and mm-hmm. I knew the injuries that they had and when they were healthy, how good this team could be. And I watched how they practiced and how they prepared. And I talked to Shanahan and I talked to Sala. Uh, I think Robert is an interesting guy. He's a Michigan guy. I think he would be a, a good head coach. I don't think he's the right fit for the Cleveland Browns. Because I, of their personalities around him? or what? Um, he, he looks like a strong personality. He, he is a very strong personality. He's, he's, not, he's not a yeller or a screamer, but he's a respected figure. I just think you need a guy that is hand-to-hand combat and a hand-to-hand guy with Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. That's either Mike McCarthy or Josh McDaniels. And as long as those guys are working hand-in-hand with the general manager and they're hired together or in kind of a cohesive unit, that they're working together, but you better have somebody strong that comes in. and Not a Jason Garrett. I don't know. I don't think Jason Garrett's a strong guy. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I've only done two or three Cowboy games over the years. I, I don't have initial opinion. I, I just, it it's doesn't fair come to say up. I think his reputation uh, has been eclipsed by Jerry Jones, so yeah. he doesn't have a strong Well, so I don't, yeah. I mean, I, it, it's unfair for me to say whether he's strong or not, but I do know this, that if I'm Jimmy Haslam, I'm hiring a guy to come in that can uh, get the best out of Baker Mayfield and get him to understand that I'm not here to change you. I'm here to help you become a better player because when you're a better player, the team is a better team. So that would be my number one quality that I was looking for in the head coach. Um, Free advice again here yeah, for two guys in the basement and NFL consulting. Yeah, well, we're waiting for a call. <laughs> Mr. Haslam, we're willing to help. You know, I, I wrote in the Spielman and Hooley newsletter. I, I know people are mad at Haslam and they say he's bad at hiring. and all. He's the owner. It's his prerogative to fire people he doesn't believe in are doing a good job. And I, I appreciate the fact that he's not willing to just say, well, I'm going to get completely crushed if I fire these guys again, so I'm just going to leave them there. If it's not working, you have to keep swinging. You have to keep swinging. So I think he made the right decision to get rid of both Kitchens and Dorsey, and we'll see. His This new way can work. The old way could have worked. Lots of different ways work. But you do have to – he's right. You do have to have the right people. He hasn't hired the right people yet. We'll see if he gets it right. Uh, Marvin Lewis interviewed with the Cowboys. That – Surprised me. Why? Well, I don't... You don't think people are knocking the door down for Marvin Lewis? I didn't picture that they Hugh were. Jackson. But maybe Marvin, as more I think about it, like I'm like, okay, well, Marvin, you know. Marvin had his own way in Cincinnati. I don't think Mike Brown meddled too much. That'd be a totally different situation in Dallas. But if you want back in the league, I've said before with Urban, it is the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. you got to listen if the Dallas Cowboys call you. Yeah, Marvin... His record is not terrible. No, it's not terrible. And he's gotten teams he's Eli to Manning playoffs. without the Super Bowls. You know, <laughs> he's, got all yeah. the, he's, he's Mr. 500 yeah. without the Super Bowls. So uh, it depends on what you want. I mean, you know, the only, the only, there's two people still under contract with the Dallas Cowboy coaches, and Kellen Moore is one of them. Offensive coordinator. Which is the offensive coordinator. Boise State QB. Former. So, yeah, which a lot of people uh, thought that Jerry was a little, uh, 
premature in giving Kellen Moore all those offensive coordinator play calling duties. And yeah, if you if you're going to coach the Dallas Cowboys, you better be able to handle direction. Yes. And if the owner wants something done, you got to do it. I just don't know. I don't see Urban doing that. I don't see. Uh, I could probably see Marvin doing that to a certain sure. extent. Glad the for guy, the job. The, the 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 fit to me. And like Mike McCarthy is a fit anyway. He sure is. He's a fit in Cleveland. He's a fit with the Giants. He's a fit with the Panthers, and he's a fit with the Dallas That's Cowboys. Why the Browns shouldn't have let him get away? Because uh, if you're I mean, highly desired by a bunch of franchises, what does that tell you? Well, you're I just good, think you're good at what you do. I mean, I think Josh. You know, I Josh is time for him to break McDaniel's. Is to and Josh wasn't awful in Denver, but I do believe, like Billichek, he can be one of those guys that becomes a better head coach the second time around. Mm -hmm. And I can say this about Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy is a respected guy around the league and a strong guy. And Eric Bieniemy understands offense. Eric Bieniemy um, has worked with Andy Reid. Now, if Matt Nagy can get a job, who does a decent job in Chicago, I think Matt gets a little bit of a bad rap. He does a decent job in Chicago. He doesn't have much to work with at quarterback. Right, but Matt takes a – I think he does a decent job. Everybody wants to run him. Everybody wants to run everybody. I get that. If Matt can get the opportunity, then I think Eric Bieniemy can get the opportunity. I just don't think that's the fit right now for the criteria that both Jimmy Haslam and Jerry Jones want with a guy with head coaching experience. So they want a guy that's round two. Well, I think Josh they said McDaniel. NFL experience. Head coaching NFL Did experience. he say head coaching? That was for the Cowboys that I head thought coaching. I read yeah, today. Yeah, head coaching. For the Browns, I think Haslam said NFL experience. Yeah. So Unless your name's Urban Meyer. Yes, because, well, again, <laughs> he's put enough guys in the NFL that he What's Urban's argue. relationship with Jimmy? Apparently they're friendly. Yeah. Jimmy's offered him a job twice before. So <laughs> he's turned him down. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's their relationship. Um. Let's just briefly go through. I, I wanted to play this because I'm a Josh McDaniels fan. Not not Josh McDaniels. Josh McCown fan. Yeah. A Philadelphia Eagles backup quarterback. Great guy, by the way. Uh, Josh McCown, 17 years in the NFL, six years as a starter at six different franchises. Mm-hmm. Um, so he played with nine different teams. He got in yesterday when Carson Wentz got hurt. He could not get the Eagles even. Uh, but... Uh, I found this uh, post-game comment from Josh McDaniels, uh, Josh McCown, reflecting on his first career NFL playoff game and the opportunity to get to play in his first career NFL playoff game. Uh, I thought this was a very, very endearing uh, reflection by Josh McCown on his career. My wife and my family have moved around a lot and been been a lot and been there for me, and so um, and mom and dad and. And uh, so to go out there and get to play in a playoff game was special. And uh, and I can't thank them enough for their support. There's a reason why Doug Peterson pulled Josh McCown off a high school field as a coach to come be the backup at 40 years old. Uh, he's still, as you saw yesterday, he's capable of being a serviceable backup. 18 to 24, 174 uh, yards. Yeah, he you know, played I, well. Two years ago, he was two or three years ago, he was starting for the New York Jets mm-hmm. and playing pretty well. Uh, not great, but again, quarterbacks are hard to find. And I was just bummed out about 
the whole thing. I, I love the guy. Everything you want as a player, as a coach, as a person, Josh McCallum is. At least that's been my experience with Josh. The thing that really bummed me out was that he had a little bit of a – you notice he pulled a muscle. Mm-hmm. And on that last play where he was sacked, I think if he was healthy, he's either scram- he's scrambling for a touchdown. There was a wide open hole. He just did not have the burst to get through there. And, you know, uh, he said after him. when you're 40, your body talks to you. Yeah. And, you know, well, wait till you're 50, Josh. <laughs> it's It doesn't talk to you. It yells at you. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> but uh, that, and I also feel bad. I mean, football is, a, it's, it's ruthless, oh, right? Man. I mean, Carson Wentz, who's, uh, Who's done this incredible job of leading his team to the playoffs under Bruce? The the receivers that they were playing with, you know, or would have trouble really starting in the XFL. They found him at goodwill, I think. These well, receivers. I mean, they probably have one legitimate NFL wide receiver playing for him, uh, a legitimate number three or four, Greg Ward, Greg Ward yeah. who's a converted quarterback from the University of Houston by the way, but, you know, great tight ends and all that. But, of course, Zach Ertz was hurt with a broken rib and a cut kidney or whatever the heck. He had all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and they lost Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson, their starting right guard, and uh, Jordan Howard, who was a running back. Now they, you know, guys kept stepping up. They found this Boston Scott kid. Defensively, they were nicked up and banged up at their cornerback position. So, and Carson carried that team to the playoffs. Because I did their like two other last mm-hmm. three games, he carried that team, and for him to get hurt again and not being able to finish the season, it's football is it's ruthless. Scrambling, Jadavian Clowney, you know, well, he, not a dirty play. Just, no, he's a runner. He's a runner. He gives so up he quarterback. Goes, he didn't give himself up. Hits, so. you know, hits him and he concusses him and Wentz can't. That's go. how much luck is that? And that might go to your theory about Lamar, right? How good Lamar is. Yeah. And, you know, the thing I would constantly be worried about with Lamar Jackson is the uh, the shots that he takes because Lamar's. I think Lamar Jackson could be a starting running back in this league, by the way. I really do. But if I wore Lamar Jackson, if I wore a running quarterback anywhere in the NFL – and I, was t- I talked to Cliff Kingsbury about this, about Kyler Murray, and I think I talked to you about this in one of our opening broadcasts. The smartest runner of the football in the National Football League is Russell Wilson. Yeah, see how many he times he slid yesterday? Takes, it's unbelievable never, how never smart he is. Never takes a hit. And the awareness that he has, yep. that's why I was saying that I do think you can survive in this league if and, and be a running quarterback or ha- have a, the running quarterback – part of your offensive game plan if you're the Cardinals, which they did do and implement with mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, if you just play like Russell Wilson. Lamar Jackson can play like Russell Wilson, but but Lamar, if he can learn to avoid some of those hits, that's why I believe he is sustainable. You we'll don't? See. I hope he is because I don't, he's, I fun, I he's fun to watch. I mean, it's just oh, a yeah. joy to watch this guy play. It's, just, it's awesome. I haven't seen him demonstrate the um, – the knack for knowing when to slide, like yeah. I have seen. And that could be Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray's baseball backgrounds. They're very comfortable sliding. Yeah. R- RG3 was not. Yeah. And I haven't seen and Lamar Jackson. He took, I, did you see that YouTube, uh, that video I told you to watch? Yeah. He took a big shot on uh, the sideline and he didn't need to take it. Yeah. So, sideline was right there. Take the sideline. Yeah. I think, but what Lamar's been able to do, and now it'll be interesting to see how the playoffs are 
Everything is kicked up a notch. Did you notice that? Tennessee, yesterday? Baltimore. Yeah, there's an urgency. <laughs> isn't, isn't it fun to watch? Ooh. I mean, I mean, guys yeah. playing with stingers and popped out AC joints and going into the locker room, getting shot up, yep. coming back out to yep. play. It's it's just it's fun to watch. Derrick Henry. Oh, beast. I mean, Rabe's going to New England and beating the old guys, yeah. and it's just the the play. That's why I say like, well, the. The Vikings have a tough task in San Francisco. Yes, they do. The Vikings had a tough, tough task being the number one underdog going into New Orleans, mm-hmm. right? Who thought Vrabel would go in and beat Tom Brady? Nope, Not I me. didn't think that. The play that Deshaun Watson made, are you kidding me? Wrap up! Are you kidding? Wrap I know. up, are Buffalo! You- no, that's apparently that's not being taught anymore. I don't understand. But still, the play that he made, right? Yeah, great play. It's just it's so fun to watch JJ Watt coming back mm. and and making a big couple big plays. That's why I, NFL is America's game, and that's why you know what I, I I get all the college football hoopla. Ain't even close, man. To me, for me, for me, it's not close. Seattle at Green Bay, Tennessee at Baltimore, Minnesota at San Francisco, Houston at Kansas City. Your Super Bowl winner will come from those eight teams. Uh, Jeffrey Okuda. Going to the NFL has signed with Clutch Sports. LeBron James' agency will represent Jeff Okuda. I asked you uh, off air before we started the Browns picking 10th. Could they get Jeff Okuda? No. Detroit, number three. Mark it down. The Lions are taking Jeff Okuda three. Yes. Okay. Chase Young to the Redskins. Chase Young. So they'll have two of the top three. Assuming there's no traded, of course. Well, Chase Young, uh, first of all, acknowledge. Every prospect gets dissected, and they must find fault with everyone. So they will find fault with Chase Young. Sure. But the fact that Chase Young didn't have any sacks in Ohio State's last three games, does that tell you anything about what the fault will be with Chase Young in the draft process? No, I think Chase had an impact in the last three games and affected throws and moved guys out of the pocket. And if he's drawing certain double teams, that helps everybody. I think Chase has a, a bright, bright future, and I think he's worthy of the number two pick. I think the one thing I talked about, I believe, on our podcast, or I talked to somebody about this, is that he's got to get a little bit better with a counter move, right? And that's where, if I were Chase, I would get with Nick and Joey in the offseason. Nick and, and Joey both. And watch how they, and, and teach, have them teach me how to play with a little bit more leverage because sometimes Chase gets a little high, but he's superior athletically in quickness and speed that he can get by with that against college offensive tackles. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll get by with that consistently against NFL tackles. So the one thing to always improve yourself, and I think where Chase can improve himself, is what's his counter off of a speed rush or, or his hand maybe get a little bit better with his hands, which are certainly is certainly possible and I know Chase is a driven guy, so uh, yeah, everybody's going to have their flaws coming out. They're, those are certainly uh, exposed, but his flaws are going to be so limited that he'll be the second round pick to the Washington. Second Redskins. pick overall, yeah, not second round. Second, yeah. thank you. Um, what do you think? I I don't know. I know that's coming. That he's, he's a one. They'll the one trick pony thing. Speed rusher only will be the knock on. Well, him, yeah, think, coming out. He plays the run pretty well, too. I mean, he's a good player. He's a great player. Did he have an impact in the Fiesta Bowl? Did you, did you notice him I, on the, the field? Yeah, I did. But to be honest with you, I, you know, I've, I don't remember a lot of that game. because I moved. Purge. 
No, but I'm, I mean, yeah, I watched it. I moved on, and you know, I, I don't remember sitting there saying, "Oh my gosh, Chase Young, I, did he have an impact?" Of course, he had an impact. He has an impact on every single play because he impacts an offense on where he is, how he's lined up. I just think that Chase Young can be a, a, a great pro because uh, Chase Young can be like a Daniel Hunter, right? Where you put Chase Young and on, on third downs, you put him over a guard because that's what a lot of teams are doing now, right? They're putting four pass-rushing defensive ends into the ball games on third down and taking out all their big heavy guys mm-hmm. in, in interior linemen. So, look, I think Chase can be a he can be a great pro, and his work ethic is tremendous. So he's only going to get better. So you're talked about you had a you had a. Um, a tweet this morning about the intangibles of Josh McCown. Yes. Well, the intangibles are something that you don't have to worry about with Chase Young. So when you take great talent, a willingness to want to get better, not not a guy like somebody that has all the answers and is not willing to listen. I don't need to. I, I got. I, I know what I need to do. You Baker. don't need to tell me anything. I, I got it. I got it. Baker don't worry Mayfield. about it. Baker Mayfield. Well, that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, I know. I know. And I'm not saying this in, in like for disrespect. I just say I keep saying this, Baker. People want you to be great. Yeah. And open up your your eyes and your heart and your mind and say, look, there are people out there that know what they're talking about, that if I can listen to them and learn from them, then maybe what I'm doing might get better. And that's why Chase Young, you know, he realized Larry Johnson could help him, and the Bosa's recognized Larry Johnson could help him at Ohio oh, State, yeah. and they took coaching from a great coach. And so so Chase plays with great effort, right? And he's determined. He's a team guy. He gets after it. He's extremely talented. So when you add that with a wanting and a willingness to want to get better – how does this guy? How's the guy to miss? Right? I mean, you don't. You never know because guys could be misses all the time, right? Sure. But you look at the percentages. His percentage of missing is not very high. His percentage of succeeding is pretty darn high. So that's the close to guarantees you can get in the NFL draft pick. Uh, I hope Washington just lets him do what he does best. Just go get the quarterback because we would have said the same things about Vernon Golston. At least I would have. Uh, no, there's, there's not even a comparison. But I'm saying Vernon Golston was dominant in college and then he went to the Jets and he was a bust, but they tried to make him a linebacker. And it's like, come on. Vernon's not the athlete. Chase Young. Chase Young. Yes. It's not even close. Right. That's not to say Vernon had a great, Vernon had a great career in Ohio State. And was on up and down in the NFL. Didn't quite transfer over his career, college career. Didn't transfer over. Vernon Golston is not Chase Young. No, athletically, yeah, it's just the way it is. Uh, you review the podcast for us, please. It helps us with uh, people knowing about us because it gets us moved up the iTunes ratings. Also, lets us know what you think of the program and the content. Here's one from Ma One Two Three. As much as I thoroughly enjoy the perspective from a legend. From Chris and the original non-fanboy analysis from Bruce, the faith portion of the podcast is something that has caused me to reassess my spiritual life and relationship to Jesus Christ. I originally thought listening to this, I would just be here for the football takes, and that's it. But I found myself looking more forward to the end of the show than I do the beginning. Good. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Wow. Uh, Stover Farms Custom Meats. A friend uh, bought some steaks. His son was going back to college this weekend. 
And uh, they bought steaks and celebrated uh, his being home for Christmas with steaks from Stover Farms Customies. Did you see the 60 Minutes uh, story last night on uh, pork laced with hormones? They put uh, antibiotics in pork and pump them all up so they can feed them less and grow them bigger and all that. And that introduces, like, bacteria that when you open the pork in your kitchen, then these and then they're not because they're grown with antibiotics. They're not subject to antibiotics. It was freaked. It freaked me out. I don't eat pork, so I don't have to well, worry about it. Everything, beef, pork, chicken, everything. That's why as I get back to Stover Farms Custom Meats, all their beef, chicken, and pork is hormone free. It's all just grass fed, grain fed, naturally grown, antibiotic, non-GMO. So eat healthy, know what's in your Protein, Stover Farms Custom Meats, 4000 Presidential Parkway in Powell. And they'll give you a special Spielman and Hooley discount when you listen. What are you laughing at? I'm laughing at a joke inside of my head. Okay, well, leave it in there, okay? <laughs> Hormone-free. Leave it in there. <laughs> I can think of a, things that I would like hormone-free. Yeah, well, you Leave know, it in there. <laughs> leave it in there, I'm telling you. I'm trying to Lock it away. I'm trying to help you, Chris. Thank you. Help me help you. All right, uh, the one thing we have not gotten to yet, because it's a little bit old, but I want to give you a chance to reflect on the death of Sam Weich, a Bengals coach, passed away. Uh, Boy, he was a unique figure, and honestly, as a Browns fan, I didn't like him very much, but I respected his acumen, and a guy who, you know, he's a pioneer in the NFL, the no-huddle offense. The league hated that. Chuck Knoll said it was cheating and all this stuff, and now you look at it and you think, well, Knoll's a curmudgeonly old uh, guy, but... Uh, Sam White's just man. He was unique. He was a, he was a magician. I mean, an actual magician. He'd like put a tuxedo on and he'd go to uh, youth homes and do magic shows and stuff like that. I mean, he's just a unique, unique. Can guy. I offer a story? Yes, please do. So I was being recruited, and Sam White just got the job <laughs> at Indiana. At Indiana, he thought he had a shot. He came into the house, <laughs> and he did magic tricks, and this guy was endearing. I, I just. I was drawn to this guy. In um, I think a couple of weeks later, he took the job as the Bengals head coach or whatever. I, I don't know where he went from Indiana. He, did. I think, he went right? to the Bengals, yeah. And I thought to myself when he was leaving, what just happened? And why all of a sudden am, am I interested in Indiana? <laughs> <laughs> then I got to know him a little bit over the years and – and obviously competed against him. His offenses were a pain in the rear end to play against, and they were so good at it. And they were, He was such an innovator and ahead of his time, and I know the guys that played for him loved the guy. Uh, he was smart. He was bright. He was a very good analyst. I think he had throat cancer, uh, I believe, or something which put him out of the analyst game. But Then he had a heart to, transplant. Yeah, to me uh, – I always respected him as a, a guy that I hated to prepare to play against. And people that I hated to prepare to play against means that I respected the heck out of him. And I can certainly say that about Sam Weish and the fact that he almost took an Ohio kid and actually made him interested in playing football at Indiana for about 20 minutes is a credit to his salesmanship. I'll say. <laughs> hey, his Bengal teams, man, they were, they were good. They were a beast. Icky Woods and Boomer and James Brooks. And yeah. Max Montoya and Anthony Ooh. Munoz, their offensive line. David Fulcher. Collinsworth. I mean, you know. Uh, he And the in this speech, though, like, think about that nowadays when he got on that, the, 
Yeah. They hey, were playing you, Seattle. Yeah. People were throwing snowballs on the field. They're upset with a... You don't live in Cleveland. He took the, <laughs> the field microphone because little known fact... Most PA, PA, uh, PA, public address guys at NFL stadiums, work from the booth upstairs. Yeah. The Bengals PA, uh, PA guy worked from the field. He just liked to be on the field. So okay. he walked up and down the sidelines with his mic. And Sam knew this, and he walked over and grabs the guy's mic and says, hey, the next person you see anybody throw anything on the field, grab him, get him out of here. You live in Cincinnati, you don't live in Cleveland. <laughs> Which, boy, people in Cleveland hated him for that. <laughs> How great was that's that, a though? Great, that's a great uh, that, line. That's awesome, it's man. A super line. Absolutely. It sure is. And I, the thing I remember about Sam Weich is that classic NFL films recap of the Super Bowl against the Niners where John Taylor scores on the touchdown patch and, uh, pass in the waning seconds and Weich is on the sideline just walking around looking up and he goes, 16 seconds. Yeah. 16 seconds from winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. Mm. yeah. He was a great coach. And not only with the – 49ers, but also at Tampa Bay yeah. for a while. So it was uh, just uh, a cool guy, cool guy. So uh, you hit on in, peace. Uh, in the faith portion of the podcast the last time, forgiveness, and um, not strangely enough, just maybe not even coincidentally enough, that's what we studied yesterday in Sunday school, the parable of the unforgiving servant. And I will say about parables, the more I have studied them recently, uh, in our Adult Bible Fellowship at Northwest Chapel, 6700 Rings Road, if you'd like to come and visit. Uh, boy, there's just so much truth in there. There's so many layers in there. Uh, the wisdom of God is amazing because Jesus told many, many, many simple stories. And if you just look at them on the surface, you can gain something. But if you dig deeper into them, you can almost in every sentence find some uh, pearl of wisdom. So as I was reflecting on forgiveness and listening to the teaching yesterday, um, one of the things that I found powerful was that you talked about the other day people who hurt you and what's their intent, and maybe it's easier to forgive if you recognize that they didn't intend to hurt right. you. Nevertheless, they did. Uh, and so I thought about the things that I've struggled to forgive in my life when I've really been hurt, and people knew they were going to hurt me when they did what they did. But what helped me get to the point where I could forgive uh, them was that I recognized how much I hurt God with my sinfulness and my making him wait on me to really come uh, to him and put my faith in him, my trust in him. And no one could ever hurt me more than I hurt him. And yet he paid the cost of having his son die for me so I could be forgiven. So when I put it in that perspective, that I've hurt God more, but that he paid such a price to redeem me, it is easier for me to forgive those things that really hurt deeply. So that's my add-on to your comment the other day, and I appreciate you bringing that up the other day. Well, I think um, one thing is is there's um, you, you have to almost what helps is if you have godly reminders around you, whether it's I wear a cross around my neck or... I have a cross hanging in a car or whatever, something, or have a Bible nearby and walk by it and kind of reflect. I think it helps us re remind us um, whose we are. Sometimes we feel beat up, right? And, and like we've been beat down and people are picking on us and or we try to get, you know, you might exact revenge or whatever the thing may be, right? 
So I was one of my favorite characters, and this guy had it pretty rough. Is Job? So if people don't know the story of Job, I suggest that you read it. And Job had it pretty rough, right? In fact, Job had everything. Uh, Satan actually one of the only times I believe in the Bible where God and Satan are mentioned in the same paragraph where God tells Satan, "Take my servant Job; he won't turn against me." Yeah, Satan has to ask permission yeah. to harm Job. Takes away all his wealth, everything. takes away all his family, takes away everything. He- everything. And Job never wavered, right? He physical had, he health, asked, physical yeah. health. Yeah. He asked well, a I mean, lot he, of questions. He asked well, a lot of questions, and he was like, "Hey, was, enough's enough here." Yeah, crying out like, "What have I? What have I done to deserve yeah. this?" And uh, you know, and but Job also says, "But he knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I will come out like gold." So just know that God knows which, how you respond. And he knows the ways that you're taking. And look at those ways that you're taking as trials and tribulations and how you respond because God will define you and he's refining you at times. Sometimes we, we don't like to be refined all the time. We don't like to be structured and, and sculpted out. Uh, but if you look Disciplined at it, and pruned. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And, but if you look at it like that, it, it's, it's actually for the, the, the better, for your good. Uh, sometimes it's easier to sustain uh, some some sanity, and and sometimes it's easier to sustain and and have some stability in your life and some consistency in your ability to uh, forgive and, quite frankly, to ask for forgiveness. So, well, I know I am very eager to say that I want to serve God or help me be a better servant, Lord. You know and that's a prayer that he'll honor, but he often does not honor it the way I want him to honor it. And the way he honors it is to say, okay, great. You want to serve me more. I'm going to let you go through this kind of adversity mm. because you need a little bit bigger spiritual muscles, Bruce. So I'm going to, the way that I, conditioning. The, the way that I keep you tied to me and seeking me and trying to grow and get better spiritually is I have to put you through a tough spiritual workout. So I have to let, I have to allow some adversity in your life. And so my prayer has been granted. He's helping me become a better servant. I want him to help me become a better servant by, hey, Lord, help me fall into lots and lots and lots of money and I'll give it to charity and we'll build in a, you know, that I want the E, I want to hit the easy button to serve. Mm -hmm. Very often, God's way is saying, hey, great, fantastic. Okay, let me, let me, I see what you need to get better, and it's not pleasant. But on the other side of it is a blessing. So just be so, aware of that. Do you think that you're guilty? And I was thinking about this. I'm not as guilty as I used to be, but I, I challenge this to the listeners that we do have. Do you keep a scoreboard of the amount of adversities that you have in your life? Well, I mean, mentally, because I yeah. don't forget them. But do, uh, we do. I do, right? Because... The adversity. And what's the purpose of keeping the scoreboard? Like what? Because what we don't keep score of all the blessings that we have in our oh, life. Oh, okay, yes, the, the, absolutely, the, I agree, the, totally. You know, yes. like I, I just had this picture of this chalkboard, right? And yeah. I, I, I forget always to mark down the blessings, but gosh yeah. forbid, I got a highlighter, yeah, and giant arrows and yeah. neon signs pointing. Hey, look at all the adversities I've went through. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the times that I'll reflect on the blessings is when someone close to me is going through an adversity that I've been spared. 
you know, really serious situation health-wise or, you know, something like that. I mean, I think during our friendship, you've obviously suffered and your family suffered, you know, the terrible loss of Stephanie. And there were many times where I was like, wow, Lord, I don't thank you on a daily basis for the health of my wife and the health of my kids and stuff like that. And, you know, and you never were in the woe is me category. One thing I admire is you said a lot of people go through this, you know, and so, but it's just, you're right, man. I, I can tick off those adversities. <laughs> just bam, bam, you go, bam bless, yeah. Blessings. You go, well, yeah, I got my just health and things. I got friends, yeah. eh, you know. But, boy, you can, that's why that saying there, but for the grace of God go I. Yeah. You know, there's, you can, the scoreboard's a lot longer on the blessing side, but I don't that's, ever list them. I just, yeah, I just, that's, I guess that would be a challenge, you know. I, uh, f- for all your listeners, just maybe list at the end of the day, list two or three blessings that you had. Whether, hey, I got a great meal today, or somebody said hi, or I made somebody smile, or somebody made me smile today, or so, just little things. Start start adding those scores up once in a while. I have seen a guy we had used to have on the radio who's a very talented writer, Greg Doyle of the uh, Indianapolis yeah. Star. Greg has said that he battled depression in his life, and one of the uh, ways that he uh, fought against it and was counseled to fight against it was at the end of the day when he went to bed is he kept a journal by his bed and he had to write down something good that happened that yeah. day, a blessing, something good that happened. Yeah. And, uh, and you know what? You can, you can be that for someone else and at the very same time be that for yourself. Uh, in the mornings when I'm doing my devotional, if uh, a friend of mine comes across my mind, I've tried to discipline myself to send them a text and to say, hey, you know, even if something simple as, how's my friend Brian? Or how's my, you know, look forward to seeing you next time. Or I'm th- I'm thinking of you. You asked me to pray for this. I just want you to know I'm praying for it right now. Uh, somebody you haven't seen in a while that you miss. Hey, I wonder if I'm ever going to run into that guy. Text him and let him know. Hey, I'm thinking of you. I'd like to, it's a, they'll be like, wow, great. You're thinking of me. And then they'll send back and then it's a blessing to you. Yeah. Well, I mean, what you give will grow and what you keep you will lose, right? So if you start giving that stuff away, it comes back uh, 10 times. You said that many times, and in the beginning when you said it, I didn't fully get it, but I have grown to understand it on a deeper level. So yeah. it's really par- Did that come from Frank Gantz? Was he the guy who said well, that? Well, there's, there's a biblical, uh, you know, biblical reference to it, but Frank used to say that for, in a football perspective of, you know, if you give give your effort to your team, that will grow. If you keep your effort to yourself, uh, that will dry and die. And so in life, if you give love, love will grow. If you keep love, love dries and dies. If you give your time to others, it grows and spreads and prospers. If you keep time to yourself and not give it away, then that dries and dies. So it's all about give, give, give. Then when we're giving, all of a sudden we turn around and we see, hey, wait a second, I've been giving all this time. Where's mine? You turn around and look and you sit back and reflect and realize and count blessings that people have been giving to you your whole entire life. So you have to be able to, uh, but in order to experience that and experience those blessings, you have to give away uh, lots of things, whether it's time, talent, treasure, whatever it may be. In a responsible manner, but yes, what you give will grow and what you keep, you lose. Uh, Wednesday, when we get together, we will reflect on uh, Tua's decision today. Uh, what do you think he's going to do? Bye-bye. I think he's gone. Okay. Yeah, Saban's at the press conference, so yeah, it could be uh, one way or the other. We'll uh, start talking about Clemson and LSU. Uh, maybe we'll touch on where J.K. Dobbins fits in the draft, and we'll have a reflection on Ohio State at Maryland on Tuesday. So a lot to come. 
Uh, we appreciate all of you folks uh, very, very much for listening to the podcast. And um, we hope that you have a great day. And we will talk to you again on Wednesday.